Hi everyone, welcome back to Sophomore Citizens. It's Liesl here. Let's find out how everyone's doing. Liliana, Marble, Angelica, Zoller. That's me. Um, I'm doing great. It's obviously very hot outside. Obviously, they can feel it through the microphone. It's that hot, they can feel it. Yeah, it um, doesn't matter where you're, where you are. We're in Los Angeles, it is hot, and so listening to this podcast, you must be feeling hot too. Exactly. So, the sun is doing good for me today. Obviously, I have my days where I'm a little mad at the heat, but today I'm feeling great that we can um, sit outside, tan, hang out. And I love that I'm having a nice restful weekend after a long week of work. So I have no complaints. I'm feeling good. Yeah, I would say that there is a marked absence of Sunday scaries for me today. Wow. Um, and especially also like being on a school schedule where I'm kind of Monday through Thursday. Sunday can, it, it honestly is more like Sunday through Thursday because Sunday then becomes a day of like homework studying that kind of thing while I'm trying to enjoy my weekend Friday Saturday you know um, but I would say being on the traditional work Monday through Friday schedule makes Saturday and Sunday a lot more fantastic for me um, and makes them more restful makes them more it just it feels so much better like Sunday feels a lot better and less stressful on the Monday to Friday work week um, so I'm feeling happy and relaxed, and I have absolutely no complaints. Oh, wow. Fabulous. Um, yeah, I would definitely agree that transitioning from the college lifestyle of Monday through Thursday with homework, featuring that little fiend called homework, yeah. it makes such a difference because you're kind of always having to think about homework and stuff that you have to do and exams coming up and stuff like that, whereas when you're a working person more so you're able to like just leave that in the monday through friday and saturday and sunday are able to be more pure totally totally unshackled by responsibility yeah and i'm feeling the rest and i needed the rest totally i think especially also liesel i don't know exactly where you were at friday afternoon but speaking for myself and for lily we were at one of our lowest lows I can agree with that. Just absolute body, mind, spirit, exhaustion, drained of all energy. And so that's just making the weekend taste that much more sweet. Definitely. Um, Honestly, I don't even really remember Friday. The days are just all blurring together for me um, still. So I really just don't remember how I was feeling. I think I was fine. Um, But yeah, I could tell that both of you girls were just a little drained of energy. But I know that something happened yesterday that brought us all a little bit of extra energy and love into our lives, which is that our coworker got engaged. So if she ever happens to hear this, congratulations to you, girl. We won't say your name, but we were just so excited to see photos of her ring and the moment. And I think that in some ways that has inspired the topics for this episode a little bit, which is all about romance and love what a great topic it's it's valentine's day in july girls oh yeah okay so i'm gonna start off with my topic which is that i believe that there are two kinds of people in this world and only two there are relationship people and there are single people (laughs) now 
what I what I have to say about this is not that this means that some people are always in a relationship and that some people are always single, but it's a mentality, honestly, more than anything else. And the relationship people, even when they're single, are still in that mode. They still act like they're a little bit in a relationship. And people who are the more always single people, even when they're in a relationship, maybe they have a little wandering eye. Maybe they don't really treat their relationship exactly. Or they just lead a pretty independent lifestyle. Right. Or they're just like used to being on their own. And I feel like I... All of my friends that I'm close with, I could easily categorize into these categories. And that's not to say that all of my friends have forever been in relationships or forever been single. Obviously, it's kind of a a mixed bag, but I can so easily identify for each of my friends which type they are. Okay, I have have a comment and a question. I'll start with my question. First, or I guess it's, it's a clarifying question. So there's constantly these two categories and someone over the course of their life could reasonably switch from run t- from one to the other and back and forth and back and forth, right? Like, you, th- you, it's not like you're one or the other for all of time. Right. I mean, I would say that these categories, um, I, I, I could have been more clear in my introductory statement, really honestly just apply to like, let's just say 30 and under. Like, uh-huh. I think beyond okay. 30 and over, you know, a lot of people are married or, you know, they're they're just their mindsets and their lifestyles are, are a lot just more so settled. different in that, that at that point. It also feels more relationship heavy over 30 like yeah. you're kind of looking to settle down for the most part not to say there are people But like are. even even someone who's single over 30 is still kind of in the relationship settling mindset most most people. Yeah. Um or I mean there are those people out there who are like very independent for a, a long term um but yeah, I, I think that these categories are more about people, I would say honestly, targeting college because in high school, it's difficult to identify like if someone's a relationship person or not because they just haven't really even had that much time. Okay, can I go back to my, I now have two comments. Okay, please. So the first feels most related to this, so I'll, I'll go with that one. That I feel like it's sort of a matter of even if you're in a relationship or out of a relationship, do you see yourself as half of a whole or a whole looking for another whole? And that's not to be like um, judgmental in any way, but I think that like the people that I do know who let's just say are in relationships that don't feel like relationship people, um, it's because they are a whole entity of their own and don't feel like they need that other person to complete their lives. Right. You know? Um, whereas other people, I think, see them and their significant other as a unit. Right. As a one whole. Right. Um, then my other comment that I had wanted to make from earlier, I can so clearly like demonstrate this through two people who I was roommates with abroad. They're two best friends, both CP Mustangs. I won't name them here, but I don't think they would even be offended if they (laughs) did ever listen to this. Um, One of them was like very much, they're both in relationships and they were doing long distance, obviously being abroad, but both boyfriends came to visit over the course of our time abroad. So it was an interesting dynamic to get to see them leading their long distance relationships, but then also getting to see them be together for some amount of time. And I feel like 
one of the girls, you would have never guessed that she had a boyfriend. And there wasn't really, like, there was mention of the boyfriend. And, like, she was super excited for him to come. And there's obviously, like, photos of them together on Instagram or whatever. But, like, she is kind of a party girl who, like, likes to have fun and isn't, like, that worried about being bogged down by boyfriend. And then the other, her best friend, um, was the kind of girl that was, like, wanting to FaceTime with her boyfriend all the time. And, like, when he came to visit, you know, I could tell they're very much, like, a unit, you know? Yeah. Um, and I just feel like it, it's very plain to see in those two specifically. Like, I remember even my friend Tula was like, it's so funny to consider that girl A has a boyfriend. Like, you just would never, like, right. guess it. And I think you tapped into something interesting, which is that I think that your relationship status and like which type of relationship person you are is very correlated to your relationship with going out yes. and partying like people who are relationship people are like grandma mode like more not that they never go out but their mentality around going out I feel is very different to the more always always single girl and I put that in air quotes which I know you guys can't see um <laughs> Because, like, the always single girl could be in a relationship or whatever her status is. But I feel like she's so down to, like, go out, party, hang out, and and basically not act like she doesn't have a boyfriend when she's out. But, like, that's not on her mind. She's there to have fun and dance and, like, be with her friends and whatever. Whereas some girls, when they go out, they're either with their boyfriend and, like... Or they're on the prowl. Clingy, <laughs> or they're on the prowl. Or they're, like, texting their boyfriend who's at home. And I'm just like, this is so lame. Yes, I agree. And when you said that you could categorize all your friends, I, of course, have been taking the past few moments to think of each and every friend. And I have successfully put them all in a category. (laughs) But I don't know which category I fall into. And I'm curious to ask you both your thoughts. Because if I had to categorize myself, I could. But I'm not going to reveal that to you. So I want to know what you both think about me. And we can all play this game for each other if we want but I'm really struggling to categorize myself. Okay, so when I fir- when you first say this, I'm like, oh yeah, Lil, like you are tough to place. But thinking more about it, I do think you're more of a single girl than you are a relationship girl at this moment in time. Because as much as I know that you're someone who would be happy to bring more love into your life in a romantic, sexual form, Um, but I don't think that you crave it and like fiend for it, um, in a way that would indicate that you're more of a a relationship type girl. And especially considering, of course, this is, you know, no, um, negativity when I say this because all three of us have never been in relationships, but Lily, considering you've never been in a relationship, it is easier to put you in the single category. But again, just to be clear, your relationship status is not indicative of your category. Right. I agree. Yeah, Lil, I would say that mostly coming down to your independence as a person, like, I think of you as someone who can just, like, do your own thing always and that you're also that, like, down girl who wants to, like, have a good time when you're in that mode. You know what I mean? Like, you're not, like, clinging to some... to to anyone else or any person or even if you're talking to someone like it's not gonna take over your life it's not the only thing you talk about it's not what you're dependent on for conversation or things to talk about or like your identity at all that's and that's what I think the distinction is okay I also feel like you're someone who is so 
happy and satisfied and content with the love that you have from your family and friends in your life that like you don't you don't feel like something is missing um well gee earlier you tapped into something that is why I was struggling to place myself which is that I originally would say I feel like I'm a single person because I've never been in a relationship but then upon doing some really quick self reflection <laughs> and um I'm gonna reference something in just a moment so let me uh clue the listeners into what I'm gonna be talking about so Gigi Liesel and I have a long history of going to various psychics and our most recent <laughs> experience was our Which, very favorite. sorry to interrupt Lily um I do hope to do an entire episode about our psychic experiences yeah. in the near future and I think just like the, the psychic mindset the psychic spirituality the psychic realm of things i think needs to be a full episode for sure totally and and not to not to get too ahead of ourselves but like i must stress to our listeners we're not taking these psychic experiences as like fact whatsoever um and i don't want the way that we talk about it just in this moment before we get the chance to actually fully flesh it out that like you know we're not um we're not believers we're not in we're not full believers in, in this the traditional idea, sense. In this idea that, like, some you can go to someone and that they could predict your future, you know, point blank. But we do really enjoy, you know, the this, experience, the experience, and the storytelling aspect of it. And um, also, there's there's not a psychic who isn't a huge personality, a character. They're so fun, They're so fun to be around and just to be in their energetic presence. Their energetic field. And to, and to let them into your energetic field exactly. and let them to, see it. To let, okay. to let them charge your crystals, to let them, <laughs> you know, heal your soul, to let them whoosh away some of your bad auras and energies. <laughs> it's a beautiful experience, so we'll definitely get into that later, but Lily, please continue. Okay, yes. so going back to why I brought this up was our most re- recent psychic experience was our very favorite with uh, the one and only Mickey. <laughs> And Mickey, when I asked her about my love life and things of the sort, really emphasized how much of a relationship person she thought I was. Mm. And that's a very good point. And I played my psychic experience for my mom because um, I'm very, very close with my mom and I feel like she knows me very well. And so I do kind of feel like I am a relationship person. But I am saying that maybe I'm a single person because I've never been in a relationship. So I do think this distinction is blurred because I know you're saying that your relationship status doesn't impact you, but I kind of feel like it does, which is why, yes, Liesl, I agree with you. It's people are mostly one or the other, but I think when you throw in this curveball about your relationship status, it can distort that to a degree. And one thing that I will say about Lily really quickly um, for the listeners is I feel like Lily is the type of person who loves deeply with all of her heart and her soul, whether that's a friend, family member, us, sisters, lovers, um, lovers, <laughs> etc. Um, and so I feel like in that way, you you are leaning more towards a relationship person, but it's so funny how much of an enigma this is you why are. I myself up. And I really feel like most people are fairly easy to categorize where Lily is so nuanced. Yes, Gigi. Um, another thing that I would like to bring up here that I am momentarily forgetting and I need to access in the next few seconds or (laughs) we're really going to have an issue here. Um, something about Lily and the psychic experience. 
I'm so sorry. We can continue we the can conversation and we'll it. come back to it. Um, but I do also think that this is a helpful exercise. Um, oh, oh, oh. Okay. I remembered it. I'm sorry. Yes, GG. Okay, so what I wanted to say was that I feel like, Lily, because you haven't been in a relationship to this point, the relationship part of your soul is currently dormant. Uh-huh. And it will then be activated once you find you know, your first person or your only person, because who knows, maybe you have many different people coming up down the line. Um, We'll have to consult Mickey for that one. Um, But I think that, like, because you have not had a relationship to this point, you love with all your heart the people that are currently in your life. And when someone does come into your life, I very much see you being the grandma mode, boyfriend mode, And that's not to say that you would neglect your friends or family. I don't think that at all. But, like, I think I see you being a relationship person once you're in a relationship. Which, that is the, that is the exception to the rule of that, like, the status is not necessarily indicative of your category. Right. And one thing, though, to contradict that is I feel that Lily is the type of person that if she were, was to go through a breakup she wouldn't be ready to move on right away, which I think is a quality that tends to be found in those relationship, constant relationship people is they end one thing and they're already like half of a foot in the other relationship or whatever. And I feel that Lily would never really do that. I I feel like you would have a, a long, or not necessarily long, but just like a rich, healing process a rich healing process and then again like you would you wouldn't just jump at the next opportunity to be in a relationship just for the sake of being in a relationship yeah like you would truly be patient for the next person to come around who fit your life and your you know needs and your wants right desires totally um and i i feel like just trying to think of my own category i similarly sort of struggle and i think Right now, I'm a single person for sure. And especially if we're using the barometer of going out, I love to go out. I wouldn't want anyone bringing me down from going out and partying and living my best life. Um, And I don't even mean just going out in the traditional sense, but like I wouldn't want to be anywhere and feel like I'd rather be somewhere else with a boyfriend. Do you know what I mean? So I feel like maybe similarly to Lily, I'm definitely single type person right now as I am single, but I think once I am in a relationship, when that time does come, I could see myself being more of a relationship type person. But actually, you know, I take it all back. (laughs) I take it all back because again, I actually don't think I'm similar to Lily in the sense that the um, relationship status can influence the category. I think I'm more regardless of status my category is still single at least I would for the time you in that category for yeah now. yeah but i i also think that that doesn't at all mean which i think you know anything about then you not being able to go all in in a relationship right because there's obviously levels of these categories and maybe you're not deep into the category but if i had to categorize you i would single girl mode you okay. and i also just think like even you have said that like you don't necessarily see yourself feeling more settled until later like no, not i didn't say that mickey said that oh mickey said that i love oh, how mickey. much mickey is coming up in this episode but i feel that um even when you're 30 let's just say 
and in a relationship, let's just say, I could still see you being so independent and just that's just your so your vibe. And I I truly do see myself as a whole entity. Yeah. There is no world in which I'm like I would be incomplete without someone else. Yeah. I could be incomplete. I could be a half. Okay. Oh. Wow. I could see that. Wow. I could Lily, I I could see that for you too. Um and, and I also and think I, I I this is something I've been holding on to for a second is that um I also just want to make clear that non-relationship type people it doesn't mean that they're when they are in a relationship, it can't be the deepest, most meaningful love and romance. Like it totally still can be super meaningful and valuable in their lives and full of, you know, deep intimacy and love. Um, and I don't, we don't mean to uh, place any kind of judgment either way. And like conversely, you know, People who are relationship people can be independent, fully formed, amazing, incredible people who do amazing, stunning, beautiful things. Totally. Um, but yeah, we don't, it's not, there's no judgment for either category that you're in. It's just a fun way to identify yourself, maybe reflect back on yourself. And I think that's something else that's kind of interesting is to think about how you view your parents or your parents' relationship and if they kind of feel like they were two independent forces that came together or if they were two halves of a beautiful whole and I feel like in Gigi and um, my experience our parents were both extremely independent um, throughout their whole relationship and then they got divorced and they're they're both just very independent people and so I feel like that does rub off on us in some way and Lily your parents feel to me from my outside perspective a little bit more of a coming together of a of a unit you know yeah I'm struggling to place my parents as you say this because I definitely could see it both ways I also could see them not being the same right like one being one yeah being the other. and that's fascinating that's an interesting pair. I know I feel like this conversation you know as three young women is more um female leaning because that's what we can speak on and that's what we're most familiar with especially from like a friendship standpoint um so it is also interesting to consider the boys in our lives and whether or not they are relationship boys or they are single boys and I feel that it, a very interesting case would be Lily's brother, Cameron. Cameron. Um, maybe he should be our first guest. Maybe he will be. He's definitely not listening. Um, nope. Uh, so we can talk freely <laughs> about him. Um, and I feel that even though he did somewhat recently get out of a, a long-term relationship for a high schooler, um, I really see him as more of a single-leaning person. What's funny is I think of him as more of a relationship person. Wow. I can't place him. Wow. He feels too young to place. So yeah, yeah that's that, that true. true. We have to see what happens. He's going to be a freshman. I see, I see both for him. Yeah. Any, I see both for him. Any young lady listeners um, who might be interested in dating Lily's brother, yeah, he's a really eligible you, can, bachelor. you can send your applications via he's our Instagram. 18. He's, yeah, we, let's publicize him all day. <laughs> He'll be a young um, buff. At Boulder, yes. coming in the fall, and we're really hopeful that he will be able to find um, a significant other that we can fold into our dynamic seamlessly. Yes, you know, there's just three of us on this podcast, and he obviously isn't here, but he's here in spirit because we spend lots of time with him. Yeah, and he's like, like the fourth unit. to our little sibling dumb. Tri- I was gonna say trio, but that's not right. 
quadruplet. Uh-huh. Exactly. Whatever. Yeah. Yes. Um, and I feel like I don't. I don't worry about Gigi or Lily settling down with significant others. That will be amazing, incredible. Like I'll want to hang out with them all the time. But we do worry a little bit about Mr. Cameron. Yes. <laughs> I, I've made a joke with him for quite some time that I'm gonna hate his wife, which I should stop saying immediately because yeah, you're, like, sure you're manifesting your reality. Yeah. yeah. Not, not gonna happen. Come on, but, that's you know. true. He is um, a young boy, and I'm sure that without saying much more, you can understand that just sometimes he makes questionable decisions, <laughs> and we'll leave it at As that. they all do. Um, okay, so I think that we covered that topic pretty well. I'm glad we uh, got to really dive into it. Um, Lily, do you want to talk about your topic? Yes. So my topic is a little more about the attraction side of all of this um, on this romance-themed episode, <laughs> and it is about... Facial hair, men with facial hair specifically. I don't know any women who have facial hair. <laughs> um, yeah, you do. <laughs> so, how we feel about it, yay or nay. I'm curious to hear your thoughts personally. I don't feel that I'm strongly one way or another, but if I had to choose, I'm pro facial hair. And if I had to choose a facial hair style, I would say like some stubble yeah. scruff would be yes. for me. And I think that's very attractive, does great things for the yeah. face, the maturity yeah. levels. I'm here for it. Yeah, Lily, I think we're on the same page about that. A little five o'clock shadow would be my preference, even over a bare face. Mm-hmm. Um, now, a goatee, a soul patch, <laughs> handlebar, handlebar um, any sort of sideburn creativity, mutton chop, <laughs> mutton chop would be a, a pretty strong no from me. Um, but maybe, you know, maybe for Movember when they're raising the money. <laughs> uh, but Gigi, what is your opinion on facial hair? So, okay, first I think an important thing to consider here is we are three young women. Um, And when it comes to young men, I feel like facial hair can kind of go one of two ways. It's either like they're struggling with it and it doesn't, like you're not getting it right. Or maybe they have a little too much assistance from their genetic makeup, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) And I just think like this conversation should be... Um, like we should include, you know, our age group and, and the young men that we would find ourselves, you know, attracted to versus like a silver fox. You know what I mean? Like, I think I see for like a sexy older man, he's going to have some scruff or some facial hair, I feel like. Okay. Um, whereas when it comes to a boy around my age, I personally love a mustache and I know that that's it. I don't want to say it's an unpopular opinion because I do feel like, you know, I'm in good company with my other um, sisters. With Kaylin. <laughs> with Kaylin. Um, From ba- Bachelor in exactly, Paradise. Exactly. King Dean with his mustache. <laughs> um, and I feel like, you know, it's definitely something that some of you listeners might be like, ew, gross. Um, which I can understand, but there's something about it that I think is edgy um and like some I feel like there's like a goofy confidence that comes with a mustache that I think really like sums up my type or like Mm -hmm. what I'm 
attracted to. Right. Um, like the goofy confidence of just being like, yep, yeah, maybe this isn't like the most conventionally good looking thing that I could do with my face. But like, honestly, I think I'm good looking enough and I have enough confidence in myself to just rock it and right. let it be, you right. know? And like, I think that, um, a certain type of either like nature boy or mountain boy or like surfer boy has this mustache as well. Like I think that there's a, you know, the two kind of go hand in hand. I think that that also aligns with my personal type. Right. Um, and that's where the, you know, mustache comes in. I think it is important for us to also discuss scruff and facial hair in general can be bothersome when you're trying to kiss someone. See, it's a bother that doesn't bother me. Um, it doesn't bother me. Like, you've never walked away from a situation with a rash. Listen. <laughs> <laughs> no, I haven't had a rash. I have had I have had tingles, Ooh. which I weirdly like. <laughs> that is so extreme. A rash. a rash is extremely okay. extreme. Okay, sorry. That I took it one step too far, but like an irritation, like a skin, like the, like you'll be like, ouch. <laughs> no, I never that. had an ouch. It's not that it's, it's I've a little been bit. In pain. I've never been in pain, and I want to make that very clear. No, but no. it's a little bit of like it hurts in a good way. No, listen, <laughs> I'm not talking about like while you're kissing someone. Uh-huh. You're I'm just saying like after, after the fact. But it just reminds me of the uh, the fun times we share. <laughs> where I can think of that happening. A rash. Um, a rash. Mm-hmm. But, but um, mustache, it's grown out. That doesn't, you know, it doesn't cause any stash. Right. I mean, I mean, any rash. <laughs> the new slogan of this podcast is get a stash, no rash. <laughs> exactly. So if I were to write like a, a letter to all the boys I've loved before, no, to all the boys I'll love in the future and mm-hmm. tell them currently as a 21-year-old girl, the facial hair that I'm interested in, um, and I would love for you two girls to help me write this letter, I would say... <laughs> I'm really good at letter writing, so... <laughs> I would say facial hair over no facial hair, except if you cannot grow right. facial hair, well, not. If that's it's patchy, then you gotta but get rid like, of it. But, like, there are plenty of boys... I know you know many yeah. of them that I'm thinking of right now, yeah. my brother being one of them, who mm. loves to have just some in weird places, yeah. and, like, I understand that shaving is not always fun, like, obviously, I don't always love to shave my legs, but bottom line, like, if you cannot grow a good stash, beard, I don't know, just something, something cohesive is, then, is then the nothing. biggest, yeah. Like, don't, I would rather you just be clean shaven, nothing wrong with that. If you can grow something, I would rather you have it. For me, I would just rather, like, some stubble or, like, short facial hair. For Gigi, obviously, it's a mustache. I think Lisa and I are pretty on the same yeah, page. Yeah, we're on the same page. I'm not I'm not going to say no to a mustache ever. I won't Like, either. outright. If, if, if it's the right stash and the right brain behind that stash, right. then I'm down. But um, one thing that did come up is, uh, obviously, female facial hair. 
And I hang on before we get into oh, that. Okay. <laughs> before we get into that, I just have something to say. I just think we we are probably all in agreement that like the 2012 hipster beard handlebar, like you know, no, no, like no. um, like gelled, you know, like yeah, 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 that's a no. Like conditioned, you know. <laughs> I don't need any more description. Like that's a no. Yeah, I mean, I, and that comes with saying. it comes with a fedora. Like I think that the fedora starts growing <laughs> while your beard comes in, and maybe some little glasses. Right, it's, it's such a no. It's I, I'm a glad no. that we're we're I all think on the same page about that. covered all the. Absolute no. The, the trends nuns. that are a no. Yeah. Those are a no. Clean shaven over that. Yeah. Also, I will just say on the mustache topic, I would prefer... I'm not mad at a mustache, but I'm not, like, craving it as much as you are. Uh-huh. I would rather a mustache if there's some other facial hair on the face. Uh-huh. Mm. I'm not really that into but I'm not mad at, like, a clean shaven face and then a mustache. Uh-huh. But, like, it's fine, but it's not really my thing. Okay, mm. sure. Yeah. Um, so, so back, to, back to my female facial hair moment, which is that sometimes when I get my eyebrows threaded, they ask me if I want to do my upper lip. And I... They, dude, they're just trying to get more money out of me. That's also that's, very normal. That's very normal. And so I want to create a body positive, oh, um, yeah, totally. supportive atmosphere for any females who do have facial hair. Um, and it is, it is something, no, obviously it's not growing a beard, but it is something that I have noticed in the mirror before and looked at and seen some long, dark hairs (laughs) near my lip and found it really gross. But I also just already hate, um, you know, like fixing my eyebrows. So I don't want to bring a new area into the painful, you know, category where I have to like constantly be thinking about it and I also feel like if I were to do like threading or waxing or anything of the upper lip then I would get stubble which I really don't like the idea of like I would prefer to just have my long luscious Lisa, you're upper really lip. not describing it that way like, I'm looking at you right now and uh, just for the listeners who can't see this beautiful face there's no long dark there's hair a, there's like one or two long dark like keys. I can confidently say as Liesl's sister having stared at her face for the full 21 years of my life I have never once noticed a mustache hair ever um, but that it wouldn't be a problem if it was if it was right, there. No, not a problem. Um, and like in general, I would say I'm someone who I'm not bothered by my own body hair. And I would just like to say about the stubble issue that you're bringing up, I believe that's false because first of all, the the hair is so thin and soft anyways. And second of all, waxing doesn't really grow back as stubble. Right. I mean, it's not going to be stubble, but there if if I were to get rid of the and I'm telling you, they're tiny. They're they're fairly light. They're not like super dark, but there there is like some little hairs. Um, like I just feel like when they were when they would grow back and be short, it would be a little weird. So I just decided personally on my journey in life to just ignore and move along. But I just thought that we would discuss that okay. for any maybe there's people out there listening who can relate to my experience, and I would love to hear oh, from you guys. Oh, I mean, guys. I've totally looked like. Anytime that I look in a magnifying mirror, right. I'm like, oh my god, every pore, every everything, yeah. every little hair on my mustache. But like, no, no one can see any of that. Right, totally. Even with 2020 vision, good luck. Right, true. Um, I just need to stay away from the magnifying mirrors. Anyway, Gigi, would you like to share your topic? Sure. So, 
I figured on the, you know, theme of love and romance, I thought it might be interesting for us to discuss monogamy as a general topic. Um, and I think that there's a lot of debate about like whether humans as a species are like meant to be monogamous creatures or not. And, you know, obviously for most of, you know, what we learn um, in, in school or whatever, like monogamy has been pretty normal with the exception of like hunter gatherers or whatever. And I feel like we pretty readily accept monogamy as our norm. Um, but I have learned about, you know, like hunter gatherer tribes where the women and the men like have sex all mixed up. And, and the idea, <laughs> the idea is that like, you know, when they didn't have any sense of, of biology or how reproduction actually happens, they thought like, okay, we the want... The more the merrier? Well, the more the merrier because like the tallest man is going to give like great tall genes. They didn't think of it as genes, but you know what I'm saying. And the funny one's going to give her the baby funny genes. And the strongest hunter man is going to give the baby mm -hmm. all those great hunter genes yeah. and so on. So they thought that they were like, you know, cracking the code, cracking the code. Yeah. Um, and I think that, and it is important that we talk about when it comes to reproduction, like our offspring are really difficult to deal with for a long period of time. You know, like they're expensive and they're not good at, you know, looking after themselves for many, many years. Um, whereas like other species are more accustomed to like, oh, the egg hatches and boom, go for it. Like fly off on your own or you're dead. <laughs> so it's like, you know, humans need to consider. And like, that's why mothers biologically want to mate with one person because they're thinking, okay, I want help in raising this child. Um, and whereas men are a little bit more like, let's recreate as much as possible. And that's not to say that this like, you know, biological standard has to dictate the way that we live our lives, especially because in the example of the hunter gatherer groups, it's like there's shared responsibility of all of the babies then because everyone feels like they played a part in creating those babies because they did. <laughs> and that shared responsibility is enough and, and there's enough people to sustain those lives without fearing for them, you know, being in danger or dying or anything like that. So, you know, that, that mindset around it still allows for poly, polyamory. Yeah. Polyamory to like exist. Or polygamy. Or polygamy to exist. I, I don't know which one is like, well, I think that polygamy implies, um, I think marriage a little bit more uh -huh. and the traditional structures of, um, you know, maybe like people who are polygamous would have multiple wives or husbands and, um, people who are polyamorous is more of enc encompassing the whole spectrum of different preferences that you might have, whether that's like being in an open relationship, that's right. not exactly polygamous, it's polyamorous. Right, so that's that's why we can say monogamy and polyamory. Sure. Okay, so uh, just to quickly wrap up what I was saying, um, that model for reproduction in a group 
setting um, like still allows for polyamory to thrive while the babies are being looked after. Whereas we traditionally think of monogamy as the best way to then eventually raise successful offspring that then get to go on and live their lives and create more offspring. Um, and I think now that we don't necessarily have to, like now that both men and women reasonably can sustain themselves and offspring without the help of another person. Um, and also that like, there's, you know, any number of couples that, you know, like we have a different idea of what any kind of quote unquote normal couple could look like. Um, and I think that it's just interesting to consider these different ways of going about love and romance and and bringing new life into this world. Um, and I'm just curious to hear what you guys both think. Because I know like some people believe, oh, you're supposed to be with one person for your whole life. Or other people think like it's reasonable to be with one person for X amount of time and then move along when that's no longer suiting your needs. Um, yeah, so just to give my opening thoughts on this topic. Um, Obviously, I think it's cool for everyone to do whatever they feel is right and whoever they're attracted to and whatever they and their partner or partners or whoever um, feel comfortable with. And as long as it's consensual um, and there's no like manipulation or anything um, suspect going on, um, then I'm totally supportive. Um, as far as like we're, our people, I think that's something that polyamorous people tend to like to say is that people weren't designed to be monogamous. Well, right, you know? this is why I bring this up, because no, there's, know. like, a debate about... But so I'm, I I kind of hold the view that, like, people aren't really determined or born to be anything, mm -hmm. you know, like, one way or the other. I think it's more of, like, a personal thing, and I think that it's a lot more so determined by society, family, friends, and culture around you, and it's not so much determined by, like, obviously, you know, sex and attraction have a big, you know, a lot to do with um, biology, but to me, I feel like whether people are polyamorous, whether they like to be monogamous, is honestly, in my opinion, more of a societally bound thing. Um, personally, I'm not super interested in polygamy or polyamory. Um, but I don't judge people who are, and I think that it's really great and lovely. Um, Lily, what are your thoughts? Um, well, I definitely think monogamy is for me. <laughs> but that's not to say that polyamory is not for others, just like you, Liesl. Um, I very much live my life in many ways of just being like, I'm going to do what I want to do, and I don't think anyone, unless it affects you or is putting you in harm, should be able to tell me what to do. So... Who am I? Who is the government? Who is society? To say that if polyamory works for you, it shouldn't be allowed. So I definitely think this kind of ties back into the relationship person as me kind of self-labeling as a relationship person. I think especially as previously mentioned, I love deeply. I want to give that all to one person because that's how I feel my love is best directed. But... I don't think there's anything wrong with any other style if that's what works for you, but I do think that this closely relates to the um, ongoing story that you girls and our listeners may be following about Jada Pinkett Smith and her husband Will Smith and her potential affair 
that is rumored to have been approved by her husband, which it kind of goes into whether or not they have an open marriage, and I am not, I don't know, I am not TMZ, I am not them. They live their private life, but there has been rumors that they have an open marriage, which has gotten a lot of backlash on the internet, and whether her affair with the singer August Alsina was you know, cheating or if Will signed off on it. But I do just think that is kind of interesting that so many people are so against that when in reality it's like, you know, not that big a deal. As we're talking about, it's kind of just like you do what you want to do, I'm going to do what I want to do. But it seems like societally as a value we're we're against it. Right. And I think that, you know, we can come back to this um, open marriage Will Smith and Jada situation momentarily. Um, But one thing that I do want to say just around, you know, the argument for an open relationship in general, or I guess maybe the argument against monogamy is like, and it's, it's not monogamy in general, I guess, but just something that I feel that I don't love about monogamy is that it often comes with like some level of possessiveness or like jealousy or insecurity that comes from like you know, that's my person. And I think historically also women being like taken from their fathers and given to their husbands, like as property is, is a weird, you know, element to it. And like, I don't, I don't mean to, um, place judgment on monogamy or polyamory one way or the other, but I think like, it's unfortunate that monogamy also kind of comes with this element of you're mine I'm yours and you're I can tell you you're not allowed to do certain things and I understand having boundaries and I think it's important for each relationship to discuss what they're comfortable with and what they're not comfortable with but like it is unfortunate that like reasonably in a relationship someone can be like I don't want you because I'm sorry some people think of flirting as cheating some people think of being physical with someone else as cheating. Some people think of emotional cheating as like the absolute worst. And I think that there's different, you know, boundaries for it. Um, And that like reasonably, you know, certain toxic relationships can get to the point where it's like, I don't want you seeing your friends. I don't want you doing all of these things. And of course that is not the the norm of a healthy monogamous relationship. Um, And there are of course toxic poly, polygamy, polyamorous relationships um but I just think that that's an element that like I I certainly would not want to experience in a relationship of my own to feel like there's any element of jealousy or insecurity or like possessiveness right I do think it's important to point out that as much as monogamy has its negative connotations and its its sordid past or um, implications that polygamy also has manipulation totally. and possessiveness and jealousy interwoven into it historically in a lot of cases and I think that a lot of those cases are situations where there's one man who is you know possessing multiple women um, historically that has kind of been a standard. Um, I think that with Jada and Will, I feel like 
none of us know what it's like to be in such a long-term relationship and to raise kids together and to go through all of that stuff. And I could definitely see things getting a little bit boring and um, monotonous. Um, So I could definitely see a world for myself where that door becomes open later in life, maybe. Um, And I think it also takes a lot of maturity to handle that and go through that. Um, another situation that, um, I feel like we talk about the politician every single episode of this podcast, but the, there is an adult woman, an older woman, um, on that show who is in a throuple with two men. Um, and it works really well for them for some period of time or that just kind of, we won't spoil the show, but, um, there is that dynamic going on and I think that seeing that dynamic on the screen and seeing it talked about in a way that is very um normalized and um kind of just shows what a throuple like it kind of gives you a little bit of an insight into what a throuple relationship might look like and that more than anything else made me be like I could see how that could work like it it seems like it's possible more so than than before and I think it's really cool that Um, that show and its creators are trying to kind of promote more fluid, you know, sexual ideas and identities and polyamory and stuff, because I think that that's something that's really underrepresented. I think going back to Will Smith and Jada Pinkett, 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 um, (laughs) is that like, when it comes to like the fact that there is any controversy over whether it was cheating or they were in an open marriage amongst the two of them like is that what the situation is so she originally denied the affair and then according to la times yesterday and a few other sources she has confirmed the affair but it's but affair implies that it was like you know outside of wedlock the tabloids are labeling it affair i don't think i've done enough research to answer your question with um, in like complete confidence. Okay. Um, and I guess like we can just speak generally about this because I feel like when it comes to something like an open marriage or open relationship or, you know, whatever it may be, thruple, whoever, it's so important to be communicative about what it is that you see as like acceptable and, and what it is that makes you uncomfortable. And like, I, I can't, I wouldn't expect anyone to know right off the bat what it is that makes them comfortable versus uncomfortable in a situation like this because you realistically can't know until you try. Um, like if, if you're open enough to trying, figuring out where the boundaries are, I feel like would have to be kind of a trial and error type of thing because some people are like, okay, let's do an open relationship we can each, you know, go flirt with other people and like make out with other people, but you can't have sex with other people and we're not going to tell each other about it. Right. Or do we want to, you know, be able to go on dates with people, but we have to tell each other about it. And I feel like those elements are super important and you have to be on the same page about them for anything like this to be healthy and to work properly. And so I would just be surprised if in the Will and Jada situation, like they had discussed having an open marriage and then this happens and, you know, maybe a line was crossed. We don't know. But the fact that it's being like 
framed as an affair insinuates that it was like that it wasn't under the terms of their open relationship right which i think is problematic but also it's it just gets it it does get messy quickly to try and figure out like who's in the wrong who's in the right kind of situation right yeah i mean i think like having an extramarital affair um to me is a pretty neutral term it's not too loaded as like you know faulting one person or it being a super negative toxic thing so for me the word affair could be used in a polyamorous open marriage sort of situation and not necessarily have like a bad connotation um but i i do think it's interesting to think back to also beyonce and jay-z and his cheating which was so public um and i just think it must be so difficult to be such a high profile couple and to just even navigate going to the grocery store let alone navigate who you're going to bring into your marriage or how you're going to navigate that like as a celebrity dating is hard enough can you imagine being a celebrity who's publicly in such a committed relationship like the dynamics of that just gets so complicated and i think it's really interesting to think about um but i do really appreciate like the public moment of beyonce you know addressing the affair of jay-z and and and, like almost having this cathartic working through it with lemonade um and i think it is actually really positive thing that we're seeing more and more is couples who do have affairs or do have situations where other people become involved and that it's becoming more normalized for that to not be the end of the relationship because i think that all three of us were even discussing earlier like cheating is something that in a relationship there is a world in which we could see ourselves having forgiveness you know working through it through it i also think that so often which this is something that i don't think people pay much attention to like the cheater in the relationship maybe it's a problem with themselves rather than a problem with the relationship and so i think so often it's like oh x person cheated on this other person there's an issue maybe with the other person and the love they're giving them or there's an issue with their relationship but I think it's so common and should be normalized that sometimes it's just that person who cheated and issues that they're struggling with or problems that they need to work out that cause them to cheat and it's completely independent of the other person in the relationship which is all the more reason to work through it and have that person you know go to therapy do what they need to do to get through that and then have the wonderful, great relationship that they were destined to have. Yeah. Yeah, so I think we covered that topic pretty well. Um, I'm so glad we were able to have this lovely podcast about the world of love and romance um, all together. And now we're going to move on and give you guys some recommendations um, that we've discovered recently. So I'll start out. I have just today started reading a book called The Vanishing Half by Britt Bennett. And so far, I'm really loving it. Um, It's a really interesting story, really beautifully written. Um, It's basically about two twin sisters living in the South in the 1950s. Um, And they're both pretty light-skinned black. Um, And they end up, their paths really diverge and one of them ends up passing as white and marrying a white man and one of them um, marries a darker African-American man and has a darker daughter and has to kind of deal 
with the difficulties and implications of that and now it's even diving into like the daughter and just all of these really complex issues and relationships and um i i really like the direction that it's heading so even though i haven't finished this book yet and i can't give my formal review i would definitely recommend it to you guys and my recommendation for this week is a bracelet that i ordered from i think it's just an instagram company called department of yarn but they are homemade little i don't bracelets necklaces etc and yes this young woman and her mom started making bracelets and donating all the proceeds to black lives matter so i got a really cute rainbow beaded beaded bracelet that says blm on it and my mom and my dad got keychains so i would definitely check them out on instagram again it's just department of yarn and they have some great handmade things other than black lives matter stuff as well and then all the proceeds go to black lives matter la and um they you can pick the colors which is really cute and they're all handmade by this cute little girl so i would definitely check them out awesome i don't have any um recommendations that i can think of in this moment but i will just talk quickly about the book that i'm currently reading um especially because i do think it kind of falls under the love and romance Mm. Um, category. It is about two sisters, um, one of which they believe, like the family believed that she had passed away in this horrible accident. Turns out she was living a double life and had moved to New Zealand to begin a new life. There's all kinds of love and romance along the way. Um, Again, I have not finished this book, but I have really enjoyed it and I think it very much falls into the kind of rom-com category of books of books and if it were to be made into a movie i think it would be a wonderful rom-com totally um, and what is it called oh yes it's called uh when we believed in mermaids a novel i'm pretty sure oh a novel yeah a I'm novel pretty, is attached to the title. i'm pretty i'm pretty <laughs> sure it's colon a novel okay and i'm um, pretty sure it's it's included with like kindle premium if you guys have that or whatever it's called amazon prime kindle i don't know um, but this is also a book that I recommended to Gigi, and once again, another book about sisterhood, which is personally one of my favorite topics to be, um, covered in books. So if you like books about sisterhood and friendship and... Love. Self-discovery, love, um, definitely read... And, and there's a little mystery aspect. And there's a little mystery. Because basically the, the sister who, um, stayed in her life then decides she's going to go looking for the sister when she has an inkling that her sister might just be alive. Right. Exactly. So I had so much fun today on this podcast. Thank you guys all for listening and sticking around to the end. And we can't wait to record another episode. Bye, guys. Bye. Farewell.